Anyway, happy Mother's Day. It's great to have you all here this morning. First of all, can we just take a moment and go, it's Mother's Day. What a crazy day Mother's Day is. How good is it to have the lovely ladies in the house? And and I want to preach today as much as I just want to share. I just want to share from my heart. I want to love the mums. I want to honour the mums. I want to pray for the mums. But I want to pray for everybody. Um, My prayer is that today, you ready? Today, we share in a special and significant day, that all the mums would be honoured. We pray that also in this house, the Holy Ghost would be honoured. We pray the comforter and counsellor would be present with every person here this morning. Today is a day we celebrate Mother's Day and the role that they play in our lives. But at JC, we choose to do this not by just celebrating the mums, but actually we celebrate every single lady. I really want to acknowledge this morning that some today isn't actually a joyful day. It has so many emotions for so many people. And um, you know, some of you have, it's a day tinged with sadness. Some of you have lost mums. Some of you have lost children. Some have desired to have children. It just hasn't happened. Some of you have had awesome mums. And some of you have had horrible mums. Sorry. But uh, the day can have so many emotions for so many people. I want to acknowledge you. And I want to thank you for turning up and also for tuning in. I pray this message for some this morning would bring actually healing. For others, I I pray it would bring hope. For others, I pray it would bring a sense of confirmation that God's got you going in the right direction. And for everybody, male, female, young and old, I pray it would be an incredible day of encouragement. I really want to say, and I'm sure many would agree, mums are pretty amazing. So for all the ladies, men, can we just do this real quickly? Everyone, all the men, stand to your feet really fast. Ready? Ready? And on the count of three, one, two, three. Put your hands together for mums. Yay, mums, you're awesome. Woo, 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 woo. And, um, and then now everybody sit back down. You guys did that fantastically. In fact, you did it so well. And I did that for my mum, who I hope is tuning in from Bribey Island this morning. We did that so well, right? We can now look, smile, and we can go, see, mum, I gave you something. Ah. <laughs> <sighs> And all the men are like, thank you, Pastor Phil, you saved me today, you know, but all right, I don't want to limit God this morning to a single act of childbirth, by the way, because I think being a mother, as many would agree, goes beyond the singular act of childbirth. It kind of, no one always tells you this, but being a mother actually is like signing up for life, really, isn't it? It's like, there is no time when you go, I was a mum and now I'm free from being a mum. It just doesn't actually happen. You are all mums. And, and, and I want to go a little bit further this morning because I go, because being a mother goes beyond childbirth, every single lady has the potential to be an amazing mother. Uh, and each person, man and woman, has an awesome opportunity to leave a lasting legacy of good in somebody's life, to leave an incredible deposit in the lives of those around them. And so this morning we're going to say, how do we leave this incredible deposit and this influence for good and for God. Last week, and I'm going to put it up on the screen really quickly, last week we talked about the power of connection. Here we go, three, two, one. Okay. We talked about the power of connection and we used the plug illustration. And as we looked at the burnt out plug, we said the burnt out plug didn't burn out because of the fact that it didn't have a reservoir of power behind it. The burnt out plug didn't burn out because the switch 
was faulty. The burnt out plug didn't burn out because the wire was faulty. The burnt out plug burnt out because the pins were too small and the connection was too small. And we said the connection was too small for the current that it needed to draw. And when the connection is too small, burnout is what's going to happen. We painted the picture really quickly last week about how this is a great picture of the Holy Ghost flowing through people. This is a great picture of the Son who connects both to the humanity and to the Father, and the Father who is a reservoir of all power. So we said, you know, if God was this reservoir and He never runs out of power, the switch connects humanity to the Father and the Holy Ghost flows through. The Holy Ghost can only flow through you when you're connected. And so if you're not connected, you're genuinely going to burn out. So here we go. You ready? It goes further than that. This week, we're going to look beyond just burning out. We, we don't want to just prevent burnout. We want to pass something on. We want to pass something on. So this morning's message is, if you're looking for a title that you want to write down in your notes, Somebody Saw Something. I just thought that was a cool title. Somebody Saw Something. The Apostle Paul, when he was writing to Timothy in 1 Timothy, 2 Timothy chapter 1, verse 5, and he says, When I call to remembrance the genuine faith that is in you, which dwelt first in your grandmother Lewis, and your mother Eunice, and I am persuaded, is in you also. Paul saw something. He says, when I call to remembrance, what did he call to remembrance? He called to remembrance that which he had seen. I call to remembrance that which I've seen. I see you with genuine faith. I see the genuine faith that's in you, and I know that it was in your grandmother, and I know it was in your mother, and now I'm confident that it's also in you. Paul saw something. He saw a genuine faith. He saw a faith that came from a connection to God. He saw something that was real. He didn't just hear about something. He actually saw it. And I love the way the different translations bring out this word genuine, by the way. The, apostle, the apostolic Bible says it was unpretentious faith. The ASV and the old King James, for those who like those versions, say it was unfeigned faith. The easy to read version says true faith. The Passion Translation says strong faith. The literal translation says unpretended faith. And the Weymouth and the Good News say sincere faith. I really like that word sincere. And the reason I like it is that sincere comes from two words, by the way, in case you didn't know, a little bit of a history lesson. The word sincere comes from two words. It's sin and seer. And it literally means without wax. Apparently, the story goes, unscrupulous porcelain and pottery dealers in their day, they would burn their potters, they would build their pots, and they would put them through the kiln, and they would come out. And if they had a crack in it, what they would do is they would rub the wax into the crack so that the people would buy the pot, not realizing the pot was already faulty and flawed. But the other scrupulous kind of ethical pottery dealers, they would write on sincere without wax. In other words, they were saying, if you come to my shop and you're looking to buy a quality pot, this is without wax. And from there, we've taken that to mean it was genuine. It was authentic. There's no flaws in it. There's no fault in it. What you see is what you get. And how you would know is you would actually have to take the pot out 
to the light of day, hold it up to the sun and see if you could see the wax shining differently to the rest of the pot. So they were saying, my pot stand up against the examination to the light. I want to have a Christian faith that stands up when it's examined against the light. I want people to have a Christian faith that other people can see and say, that's a strong faith. That's a true faith. That's a sincere faith. That's a genuine faith. That's the sort of faith that Paul saw in Timothy. But he says, it didn't just start with you, Timothy. This faith started with your grandmother, Eunice, and it went to your mother, Lois, and then it came to you. There was something about the connection that was passed from generation to generation. There was something about a sincere faith that doesn't just stop. It continues to flow on this morning on the stage. We had three lovely ladies. We had the beautiful Jenny. Where's Jenny this morning? There she is right up the back. We had the beautiful Jenny this morning. We also had the lovely Lisa playing the keyboard. And we had Courtney in the middle singing. You are looking at faith that has gone from one generation to the next generation to the next generation. For those of you who know Jenny, and I won't go into a lot of detail... But for those of you who know Jenny, Jenny's life hasn't always been easy. She hasn't laid in a bed of roses and opulent luxury. Jenny's had some tough times. She's gone through some tough times in life. And in that season of toughness, because isn't this the truth about sincere faith? No one sees whether your faith is sincere when all things are going well. They see whether your faith is sincere when you're going through a tough time. No one cares that everything's going well when you just win the lotto. I want to know what you're like and whether you have a strong connection to God when you're bankrupt, when you're sick, when you're doing it tough, when somebody's abused you or used you or left you or whatever it is. And I love this about Jenny, that she has shown an example of connection to God that says, I can forgive those people who wronged me in such a way that her daughter can pick up that thread. And can look at the connection, not just in the good times, but in the tough times of life and go, there's something about my mum's faith that is sincere. There's something about my mum's faith that is real. There's something about my mum's connection to God that I want. Do you know what? Every single one of you has the opportunity to pass your faith to the next generation. And the next generation, do you know what they're looking for? They're not looking for great lights, although they are cool. They're not looking for smoke machines. We don't have them, but maybe one day we will. They're not looking for fantastic music. They're not looking for all of those things that we often think that they're looking for. Do you know what they're really looking for? Do you know what this generation needs? Sincere faith. They need to see that you can connect with God in the good times and the tough times. They need to see that you are passionate about following God when things are going well and you're just as passionate when it feels like everything's just gone to hell. They want to see that you are passionate and connected to the real, true presence of God in your life. They want to see that your faith would stand up to the scrutiny of life. Are you hearing me this morning? That's a good message, isn't it? Your faith is seen not just in the good times, but in the bad times, in the tough times, in the times when it feels like everything is stripped away. Mothers aren't just mothers because of what they say. Mothers aren't just mothers because they've had a moment in a birthing suite. Mothers are mothers, are you ready? Because they pass something on. They leave a legacy to the next generation. I actually think that's what makes mothers as magnificent as they are. Mothers pass something on. Just last year, we had the awesome opportunity for Courtney to be baptized. Why? Because grandmother Jenny 
pass something on to mum, Lisa, pass something on to Courtney. We are watching this play out in front of us every single day. For some of you this morning, you might be thinking, I've never had a child. Maybe you're not going to have a child again soon. Can I give you this this morning? I heard of a lady once who had never had a child, but she knew more about being a mother than some ladies with many children. In 1946, at the age of 36 years old, she heard the call of God to give up all, to follow Christ into the slums and to serve him among the poorest of the poor. A few years later, she started a charity with just a dozen other ladies helping her. In her words, she said, I would care for the hungry, the naked, the homeless, the crippled, the blind, the lepers, and all those people who feel unwanted, unloved, uncared for through society. People that have become a burden, people that are shunned by society. They're the people I'm going to care for. A few years later, she opened a hospice that predominantly cared for the lepers. In 1985, while AIDS was still rampant and many were dying and the illness was highly stigmatised, she opened another hospice to help those who were infected and dying with AIDS. She travelled to assist the hungry in Ethiopia, the radiation victims at Chernobyl and the earthquake victims in Armenia. In 1982, at the height of a siege in Beirut, she somehow managed to broker a peace deal between Israel and the Palestinian troops and she walked into the front line with the Red Cross and rescued 37 children from a hospital in the front line of a war-torn country. This is, a, this is somebody who's doing pretty well. She's doing some really cool things. In 1979, she received the Nobel Peace Prize for her work to overcome poverty and distress in the world, insisting that the $192,000 that was normally given to her and to the actual dinner for the night be given to help the poor in India. By 2007, the small 13-member congregation had grown to more than 5,000 people who managed 515 orphanages, AIDS hospices, charity centres worldwide, caring for refugees, the blind, the disabled, the aged, the alcoholics, the poor, the homeless, victims of flood, epidemics and famine. Can we just take a breath there and go, oh boy. In 1994, she preached to presidents, prime ministers and other world leaders and dignitaries at the National Prayer Breakfast in Washington. And she preached what she had spent a lifetime living. Who is this woman? Many of you have already guessed. Is Mother Teresa. Never had a single child of her own. Yet to say she wasn't a mother would be missing the mark by a mile. She was a mother to the masses, not because she had a moment of birthing in a birthing suite, please forgive me, but because she passed something incredible on to the next generation. You are not significant and special. Please, maybe I'll back out of that one for a minute. Hang on a second. Just, who's got my other left foot? I think they'll put the right one in my mouth. You are not considered significant and special, nor is your value found in that momentary time in a birthing suite. You're significant and special because of what you pass on to the next generation. That's what marks a mother. I, I love the story of a young boy who was doing math in class one day. And the teacher said to him, we're going to learn about fractions today. Suppose, suppose there were seven people in your family and, and the pie had to be cut up. How many, how many pieces would each get and what would be the fraction of that? And this little boy put his hand up. He said, six 
the teacher repeated the question. Suppose there were seven people in your family and it had to be cut up into a fraction. What would you call that? Six. The teacher looked at the young boy. She said, you don't obviously understand fractions. The young boy looked back and went, you don't understand my mother. My mother would simply say, I don't want a piece of pie. The truth is being a mum is a sacrificial life, isn't it? Being a mum is somebody who continues to give. And, and I often look at that and think, is there anything that's more Christ-like than being a mum? Than somebody who would continually lay down their life for someone else? For, for somebody that would step into the, the mess of a bloodied knee and clean it up? To somebody who would step into the bedroom when the smell says stay away and clean it up? Is there anything? And can you get the picture that this is what Christ did for you and for I? This is, when we're celebrating Mother's Day, I want to go beyond Mother's Day because I think we're not just celebrating Mother's Day. We're celebrating what Jesus Christ did. And I want to say to each and every one of you, each one of you has the opportunity to leave a legacy to that next generation. Your capacity to sow seeds and influence the next generation is directly proportionate to your connection with God. If you want to build the next generation, if you want to build healthy kids, healthy families, healthy homes, can I suggest you build your connection with God. You spend time looking to Him and allowing Him to flow through you to minister to those who are in need, to those who need your help. Let me ask you this morning as I'm closing up, how's your connection? I didn't want to take a long time this morning. I'm going to invite Michael up in a moment to come and share communion. But I want to share this this morning. And I want to say Paul saw something. He saw something. He knew that there was a genuine faith that had been in the grandmother and the mother and was now in Timothy. He knew that the connection, the genuine connection they had was going to be passed from one generation to the other generation. Can I ask you this morning, how's your connection? I think we spend so much time doing so many other things and so little time working on our connection. In years to come, when people talk about you, what will they call to remembrance? What will they think about when they think of you? One of the prayers prayed by Mother Teresa is attributed to St. Francis of Assisi. I'm going to ask it to be put up on a PowerPoint. I'm going to ask us to pray it. If you feel bold enough, pray it together. I'm just simply going to read through the prayer. He says, Lord, make me an instrument of your peace. Where there is hatred, let me bring love. Where there is offense, let me bring pardon. Where there is discord, let me bring union. Where there is error, let me bring truth. Where there is doubt, let me bring faith. Where there is despair, let me bring hope. Where there is darkness, let me bring your light. Where there is sadness, let me bring joy. O Master, let me not seek as much to be consoled as to console. 
To be understood as to understand, to be loved as to love. For it is in giving that one receives, it is in self-forgetting that one finds, it is in pardoning that one is pardoned, it is in dying that one is raised to eternal life. Thank you, Father, for your example that you have set through Jesus Christ. Thank you, Lord, for the legacy of godly praying mothers. Father, I thank you that this morning each and every one of us has an opportunity to connect to you and by our connection show forth a genuine faith. Lord, I pray that you would bless each person here this morning. I ask that you would bless them and encourage them in the name of Jesus Christ, your Son. Thank you so much for joining us this morning. We hope you enjoyed the service. We are praying for you and we will see you next week.